Amen. You can have a seat. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 20, or excuse me, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. As we, as we burn up out here, we're going to pray that God's word would burn in our hearts. Luke chapter 10, verse 23. Leading up to this, you find Jesus, he's already called his 12 disciples, all right? Um, he's walked on the water, he's calmed the storm, he's fed the 5,000, he's cast out demons, all right? He's cast out demons, he's healed the blind, he's healed the sick, he's done all these miracles, and his disciples have been with him, and they've been eyewitnesses, they've gotten to see this firsthand, and they've gotten to hear his teachings. The Sermon on the Mount has already happened at this point, so they've got to hear Jesus' teaching. And so then what he does in chapter 10, is he, uh, at the end of 9, he talks about the cost of following him, the cost of being his disciple, because Jesus knows there's going to come a point where he's going to send to be back to the Father, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit out to empower his disciples to do the things that they saw him do. And so he's talking about this is the cost of discipleship. And then at the beginning of chapter 10, he sends 72 of his disciples out in pairs of two to do the work of ministry, to prepare the way for those towns. He sends the 72 out in pairs into the cities. And so let's read. Luke chapter 10, after this, the Lord anointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And, and, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. And you just see that 72 are sent out. They're sent out. There's lambs among wolves. They're sent out to do the ministry because Jesus, hey, the harvest is plentiful. There's lots of ministry to be had. There's lots of proclamation to be done. There's lots of mercy to be shown. There's lots of healing to be had. And so he sends them out. The laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. You guys go. And so they go out. And they heal people. And they say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Then skip forward. Verse 21. Excuse me. Verse 17. 
Luke 10, 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So the 72 come back, right? They come back and like, geez, you won't believe this. You, you, you got to hear this. I can't believe that this just happened. You sent us out and we healed people. And the demons, the demons, we had authority over the demons. We had authority over the evil spirits. We were doing this. We were doing this. I mean, they come back so excited. Did you see that? They're probably talking with one another. And they're like, did you see that? Can you believe that? I remember growing up, me and my dad, we used to always watch SportsCenter. And our favorite thing was the top 10 plays. Right, and you watch the top 10 plays, and then you go to school the next day, and you're talking to your friends. You're like, Did you see number five? Did you see play five? Did you see play number three? That was awesome. The disciples come back, and I imagine they're coming back to Jesus, and they're talking with one another. Did you see that? Can you believe that? And they come back and report to Jesus. And Jesus tells them, hey, rejoice at the fact that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice in the fact that you're mine, and I have given you power. I have given you the Spirit of God to be a witness to the world that I am Lord, that I am Savior. Rejoice in that fact. Verse 23. Then turning, this is Jesus, then turning... To the disciples, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The 72 come back and they're rejoicing. Did you see that? We had authority over evil. We were healing people. We were proclaiming the kingdom of God is near. Did you see that? And Jesus turns to his 12. He turns to his 12 and he privately says, blessed. Blessed are you who get to see what you see. Blessed are you who get to hear what you hear. Kings wish they could see what you see and hear what you hear. Blessed are you. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's the privilege and opportunity over the last couple months to see the things I've gotten to see and hear the things I've gotten to hear from our congregation. And so many of you, I'm going to, I'm not, I, I won't, I won't use names here. I, I might, um, no promises. And so you may know some of this already, but I want all of us to be aware. I want all of us to have an opportunity to rejoice at what we get to see and what we get to hear. Because God is at work in our midst. God has been at work. When I look at Mercy Ministry, I've seen $35,000 given when COVID started. $35,000 was given to Mercy Ministry and said, I want you to use this, take this, 
And when people become in need and when people start drowning and people need help, use this. People brought $35,000 to Mercy Ministry to love people well. Blessed are you who get to see what you see and hear what you hear. I've gotten to see routine visits by people who come and drop off food up here at the pantry and who take food out to those who are hungry and can't get out to the grocery store because they're at risk or whatever the reason is. I've gotten routinely to see people fill this pantry and people take food from this pantry and take it out to homes in our community, take it out to homes in our church. Blessed are we who get to see and hear what we get to see and hear. I've gotten to see mercy both to people in our community, but also people outside of our community. Our partnership with the school district. I've gotten to see mercy ministry affect families in our school district because of the relationship that we as a congregation have with the school district. And it's awesome. It's beautiful. I've got to see medical bills paid, rent paid, utilities paid, child care paid for, and child care provided through Mercy Ministry. Blessed are we who get to see what we see and hear what we hear. That's the church. That's Acts 2, right? Amen? That's Acts 2. That's Acts 2. Kids Quest. I've gotten to see in drive-bys. Kids Quest leaders and volunteers drive by saying hello to their kids. Writing encouraging letters and cards to their kids, letting the kids know, I, I'm thinking about you, I see you, I value you, you're on my mind, I'm praying for you. I've got to see and hear that. I've got to see kids dance in the living room, videos of kids dancing in the living room as we do live streams and the Kids Quest service is going on. My kids included, dancing, having a ball. Blessed are we who get to see that and hear about that. It's beautiful. Give the, give the Kids Quest leadership a round of applause for what they've done. <laughs> Programming team, worship team. I've gotten to see a group of 10 to 11 people over the last couple months come together at the drop of a dime and pull off live streams, pull off recordings. And to me, it's freaking awesome because I don't know a lick about any of it. And it's awesome that this team came together and did this. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And there were a lot of hours. There were long, a lot of long hours put into that. The Saturday morning recordings. And then staying up late to make sure it got downloaded and to edit it because I can't talk. And I mean, all kinds of stuff was gone into this. And it was awesome. And one of the most beautiful things about this was I got to see different people's gifts being used that were so cool because it's so beyond how God has gifted me. And I got to just stand back and, and just watch people use their gifts to serve him and to serve you. And it was awesome. And then in that room of 10 to 11 people, there were seven people in that room who were in their teens or 20s who led this for the last couple months. 
And so you look at the next generation of the church. You see young people stepping up and using their gifts and leading out and serving the church, and that's a beautiful thing. And blessed, blessed are we for getting to see that. Life groups. I've heard stories as we went to Zoom. I heard stories of great intimate conversations through Zoom. When you think that you can't get intimate on Zoom, it was happening. And there were lives being impacted and changed through having life groups on Zoom. And blessed are we who get to see our leaders at the drop of a dime in life groups go out of their comfort zone and lead their teams on Zoom. Like we didn't, like we didn't skip a beat. It's worthy of praise to be stretched and be uncomfortable and to have to adjust and have to find new ways to lead, new ways to impact, new ways to invest in people. And we did that. And they did that. Blessed are we for having those leaders who give their time and resources to invest in us in our small groups. It's awesome. Our discipleship classes, same thing. Same thing. Leading on Zoom, being stretched. Having to lead and invest in new ways. I've gotten the privilege of leading a group of 15 people over the last five months in 23 ministry. It's a new ministry. We just take a group for, and we walk together for 18 months on a weekly basis. And, the, and, and, and my purpose in that group is to help equip shepherds for the church, to help raise shepherds for the church. And so, so over the last five months, I've had the privilege of seeing a group of people lead their own ministry projects, their own service projects here in the community of Blue Springs. At one point, we have 15 people in this group who have recruited five volunteers who are all out doing a service project in our community. And it was a beautiful thing to see and be a part of. Beautiful thing to be a part of. And then the following month, their exercise was to go and reconcile a relationship in their life that needed to be reconciled. And I got to hear stories about how when they went and reconciled, how freeing it was to practice the gospel and reconcile with people. Blessed, blessed was I to get to see that take place. I've got to see them be stretched. We read through the book of Isaiah not long ago, the book of Isaiah, 66 chapters, and most of the chapters you read, you're like, what? <laughs> this is a different language. And yet this group endured and persevered and learned and was stretched in the midst of this. And it was awesome to see God working in their life. I've gotten the privilege to see the missions team start to overlap and work with our Mercy Ministry team as we work towards what does local missions look like here in Blue Springs. And so I've got to see that overlap and that partnership begin and that brainstorm, that think tank start to happen and the opportunities that are going to come here locally for us to live on mission has been a beautiful thing. And I've gotten the opportunity and privilege to cast new vision with our international partners. 
Here in a couple weeks, we're going to hear from our partners in Jamaica. They're going to come and speak about the new vision that's happening in Harmons and what part Gateway Church can play in that new vision in Harmons. And so our relationships with our international partners have grown and deepened and the vision has become fresh and I'm excited about that. God has been moving in our missional efforts and blessed are we to get to be a part of his movement. I don't know how many people we had signed up for the book club this summer. But I know as we dropped off books this week, there was a long list. There's a long list of people we dropped off books to. And that buy-in, that investment as a congregation for us to go, you know what? The gospel and hospitality is, is important. And I'm going to seek to grow in my hospitality towards my neighbors because I realize and understand how hospitable God has been towards me. The buy-in from the congregation has been incredible, has been awesome to see. I'm so excited for us to walk through this book this summer and then turn to our neighbors and live it out and practice it. God's glory is going to be on full display when your neighbor sits at your dinner table and you show them value and you listen to them and you seek to understand where they come from, and you share your food with them, that is going to be the biggest testimony to the glory of God right now than there is anywhere else. And you guys all have bought in to walking that out. Blessed am I to be a part of a church and to lead a church like that. I've had conversations with different people who talk about how the COVID season and being locked in with their spouse, their marriage is stronger right now than it's ever been because they've been forced to communicate with one another and work some things out that need to be worked out. I've had conversation with, uh, uh, with families who talk about my relationship with my kids is better than it's ever been because we sit down at the dinner table for the first time. We have dinner together. And when Sharon sends these uh, Bible studies and devotionals for me to do with my kids, I've been doing those things. And, and the cohesion and the unity and the relationships in my home are better than they've ever been. And that's a beautiful thing to see and worthy of celebration. And then one of the most encouraging things to me I've gotten to see when I have been denied out of Faith Far's home, because I love me some Faith Far. <laughs> I love me, I don't know where she's at, but I love me some Faith Far. And I'll call Faith Far, there she is. I'll call Faith Far, and she told me I couldn't come over. And I, was, and, and, I, and, and I understood, you know, I wanted to come over real bad. And she was, you know, she was protecting, she was locked down for a little bit. And I thought, you know, when she opened up her home, I thought I was going to be able, you know, to be the first one back in her home. But there were some other 20-year-olds who were the first people in her home visiting her after this stuff opened back up. Let me tell you this, Gateway. 
When you have 20-year-old guys taking notice of the widows in our church and saying, can I come over and spend time with you? Can I sit with you? That's radical. That's worthy of celebration. Blessed are we who get to see and be a part of what we've got to see. And there are countless stories. There are more stories. There's way more stories of what God's been doing. But I wanted to point out some of these things. Because I want to bring our attention to where it needs to be at. And that's the glory of God. We've got a lot of reasons to be distracted right now. And I don't want us to be distracted. We need to put on our blinders and look at the glory of God. And listen for God's direction. That's where we need to be as a church. Listen to me, and we'll be done, I promise. I want you to hear this. What we see in Luke chapter 10, what we see out of the 72, what we see out of Jesus, and what we see out of the 12, we do not see sideline evaluators. We do not see sideline analyzers. We see 72 people who Jesus commissioned to go out and they went out in the power of the Holy Spirit and they came back and they said, did you see that? Did you see the glory of God? They didn't sit on the sideline and dissect the situation, dissect the culture. Jesus sent them out and they went out and they did the work of ministry. Whether we're right here meeting outside together, whether we're at First Bible Baptist, whether we're somewhere else, I don't care where we're at. I'm, what I'm saying and what I want us to hold on to is we can't sit on the sideline. We can't sit on the sideline, analyze our culture, evaluate our culture. We have to be like the 72. We have to go out like lambs among wolves and proclaim that the kingdom of God is here. That's our call. Our aim is to love people. Our aim is to love people regardless of where we're at. Regardless. I'll have church right here every Sunday and burn up. I don't care. You can sit in your car, turn your AC on, roll down the window. I don't care. We're going to go and love people in the week. And then we're going to come back together and we're going to go, Did you see that? Did you see that? That's the call for us. That's what we see in Luke 10. I'm going to pray and we'll worship one more time. God, help us to be as innocent as a dove and as shrewd as a snake as you send us out as lambs amongst wolves. That we would go out as shepherds with a staff and we would protect, we would defend, we would comfort, we would lead, we would be an example for, we would teach and model for our community what it looks like to have a hope in Jesus Christ. Let us be innocent as a dove, shrewd as a snake as you send us out. God, we don't want to be a people who analyze and evaluate from the sideline, 
who throw in our two cents. We don't, well, Gateway, we don't want to be the peanut gallery. We want to be faithful stewards, God, of your grace, who's not afraid to put the boots on and get in the mess of life to love people because that's our aim, not to be right, but to love. God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing and for what we get to see and hear. God, I pray that your testimony would only, this would only be the starting point of what we get to stand up here and proclaim together about what's going on. God, we love you. We thank you. Amen.